And joining me tonight, my my guest and my new friend, I'd like to think, hopefully at the end of it anyway, we haven't fallen out, is uh, Will Collins. So Will might need an introduction to some people, but a lot of people may know him through the music industry. Uh, Will works for Prosthetic Records, a great record label. But on the side as well, he is uh, lead singer of the band called Candescent AD. And this is our first time meeting face to face. So first of all, thank you. It's lovely to meet you. Likewise, it's nice to um, not be just like an anonymous face in a Twitch room. <laughs> yeah, or an email. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we, oh, sorry. First of all, I just have to point out, has everyone seen the, the Heavy Matters Christmas edition I did today? I did uh, like the Photoshop, by the way. So um, how much are you charging? Uh, <laughs> it's so bad, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, I love it. I'm, um, I, I might lose some goth points here, but I actually really love Christmas as a time of year. Oh, I'm not practicing Christian at all, but I like the whole festive period. It's nice. Of, of basically just doing lots of this. Yeah, no, definitely. Cheers. Virtual cheers, by the way. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah. If you're listening to this on audio, shameful plug here, you can see the new logo on our uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, yes, that's out of the way. And so we met um, through you being a publicist for Prosthetic Records. And I can't remember if you contacted us or we contacted you. But basically how this relationship started is we got in contact either way. And it started professionally i'd like to think yeah. and you were sending us promos and we were doing promo uh, doing reviews and stuff but it feels a bit like a first date to me this and... yeah i was um i was thinking that before we kind of hit the record button that it's strange how if you've spoken to someone for a while whether it's in a professional capacity or not and you're aware of kind of what their presence is like online what they're like just in conversation but you still get that thing when you meet them for the first time where it's almost like a familiar stranger because they yeah. are essentially a stranger to you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And like when you sort of first come on the Zoom, it's like, oh, there he is. And just, yeah. you know, you just uh, connect. But we sort of went past the professional. Sorry, we still work on a professional basis together, but I think we've gone a bit more personal in ways. And we'll come on to that through Candescent AD. And, but like social media i think is a good connection for people and we'll come on to twitter later because there's a few things we need to talk about but first of all let's talk about um your band candescent ad um so i, I can't remember how in fact you must have said to me about the band and i checked it out and uh, i think i gave i played it on my twitch stream actually and a big fan of the, the ep um now bear with me to get this right Dissociation in three fractions. So it's dissociation in three fractions. Oh God! Yeah. I think I need glasses. To be fair, I I misspell it can so consistently now that it's probably got a million and one different um like pronunciations. <laughs> I was half there in yeah. in three fractions. We'll call it that. Um, and that came out this year, didn't it? Twenty two. Yes, it came out on April Fools. Actually, yeah. Was it? Wow, yeah. jeez, that's so far, so long ago. Mm. Um, I've, uh, yeah, I feel like I've aged. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. Look at the grey and the beard. Um, but yeah, so so the band and and you're on Church Road Records, is that right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, so um, that's this is our first release with Church Road. We had kind of a two track single um, prior to joining Church Road, but really. I mean, the band at that point, it was more of a project. It wasn't really a band. It mm -hmm. sort of accidentally became uh, something that we've made time for. So, but this is the, the first thing that we're going to be doing with, well, that we have done with Church Road, but I can't, I can't see us having a home elsewhere for a little while. I mean, when we talk about the UK scene at the moment, like uh, we've said it on the podcast loads of times, the UK scene in terms of heavy music is in the best place I've seen it for since I can remember, and Church Road as a label, since they became, or since Church Road set up, 
is certainly such a great home for these sort of bands to be. And I also think it massively helps, and you'll probably agree, that the people who are running it in Justine and Sammy from Employed to Serve are the perfect people to pioneer this label and the music on it. Yeah, I mean, they're two of like my closest friends. And like, um, I mean, I was there when it got kind of got set up in the way that people know Church Road now. Mm. So it's it's been cool seeing it kind of be born from like uh, an incredibly tricky situation to navigate into kind of what it is now, which is, I think, needed within the UK scene, especially because I feel like you either have like the super DIY hobby labels, which are great and they serve a massively important pur- purpose to like the whole yeah. infrastructure of releasing music and underground. Or you then get the step above what Church Road are, and that's not attainable for many bands who are just starting. So I think Church Road is like a really nice in-between spot where you get the familiarity and the time of people who really care about putting out your stuff, but with the resources of a label that's maybe operating on a slightly bigger scale than your standard DIY, like, backroom kind of venture. So... And I think also the 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 friendship thing you're talking about. Obviously, one of the label is a business, and money is obviously meant to be made. Um, there's no getting away from that at all. Money makes the world go round. How we live, but I have to admit that the the, the uh, friendship you have between the two, and I think you put some on social media the other day. Um, some I think Justine sent a mail saying you need to ship some stuff on Bandcamp or you're going to be dropped or something like that and it's just a really nice you could feel the friendship between the the two of you there yeah I um I actually photoshopped that was I had maybe one too many glasses of wine (laughs) and um I'm glad that she took that in good jest that she's like the horrible label boss in this like sort of piss take scenario (laughs) for the record she isn't she's lovely but (laughs) Uh, the two of them are so nice. We we interviewed yeah. them on their last release. Nice. And then I actually went to see them in Tunbridge Wells. My sister lives there and I flew over to see the gig. And after I went and met them both, like, and just had a chat. And they're like the nicest people ever. Like, I think like Sammy and Justine, I think they're both like two really lovely golden retrievers just in <laughs> human form. Like, <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> That's a nice... um. Yeah, that's a compliment, isn't it? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry. Coming back to um, to your band. So, how long have you been active? How long would you say this band has become a band? How long? Um, well, we started in 2019 because um, we had we had studio time left over with this band that we were in previously called uh, Early Black, and that was sort of a thing that we'd done for three years we were sort of a step below touring so it was just like a lot of weekenders did like recorded once a year and then just put stuff out consistently and um our guitarist moved away um like quite far away and we decided to end that band like amicably uh because we didn't want to do it without him but uh the bastard left us with studio time and holding the bag a little bit so um yeah thanks sam if you're listening (laughs) but so we just had studio time and we just booked the studio and candescent was the three remaining members plus dan who drums for candescent he came in and yeah we sort of we recorded with the intention of it just being see what happens but we got two songs out of it thankfully that were written largely in the studio and then 2020 happened so we kind of had nothing to do really and uh i think from there once we came out of the pandemic well not that we ever really ca- properly came out of it but once things got li- like lifted and opened up it was sort of around about that point that people wanted to start playing shows yeah. like within the band and that's when we sort of became i guess like official i suppose but yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird history. This band, we sort of half asked it, and then we weren't half asking it anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. The the music itself, like, I'm going to probably mispronounce this as well. But is it Winesh Gardens? So it's Winesh Gardens, and Wynesh. that's 
it's like an estate up the road from me. Okay, sounds yeah. right. Perfect. Um, I love that song so much. I think it's got. I was I was listening to um the other day actually because obviously just refreshing when we were going to speak and there's times in it that it reminds me of Earth Tone Nine vibes. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a couple of people say that. Like, yeah, it's cool. Do you agree? <laughs> um, I think subconsciously probably has crept yeah. in. Yeah, like I don't think that we ever had Earth Nine like on our like listening at the time, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's crept into Rory, our guitarist's right. sort of accidental subconscious kind of thing. And and also it it really is sort of nostalgic to me because. When I was growing up in Bournemouth, like when I was like 17, 18, I don't know if you were the same, but like going to the local circuit of bands, you know, every week, weekend, you'd have sort of like the same band playing and then a different support band and stuff. And you'd get to know them like um, and the, the sound on your record really brought that back to me as well. This nostalgic feel of like not DIY bands, but just bands that are, you know, really working hard you know to put out good music and or i also like on your album is the production of it it's not over polished and it really holds this almost raw but not really raw but sort of dirty sort of sound if that makes sense to it yeah totally like um that's totally down to um a guy called jack who produces um all of the candescent stuff and uh there was a guy called matt williams who helped with the mix okay and really, I mean, they're, I think they're probably like a couple of years older than the rest of us, um, bar like our current bassist, Mitch and Dan. Um, and because of that slight age difference, I mean, they would have grown up actually getting to see those bands, whereas like Earth Tone 9, because um, I think with me, Rory and Freddie, we were just that little bit too young where we could see the older, cooler kids going to those shows, but trying to convince your parents to like let you go was just it was just a nightmare. But but yeah. like two or three years off from that. So um I would definitely give all credit to Jack and Matt for the mix on that for sure. But I mean, we grew up with a lot of stuff like Zayo, Misery Signals, um Metalcore bands of that ilk. So I like newer modern metalcore. It's cool, but it's not what I necessarily want to play or listen to so much when it comes to a production standpoint. Interesting you say metalcore. Is that what you describe your band as, metalcore? Because the problem with metal these days is there is genre upon subgenre upon subgenre. I consider, and look, you can take this as a compliment or as a insult either way, <laughs> I just consider you as a metal band and these days it's very hard to find that sort of straight down the middle just metal band yeah i think for us we we went for metalcore just because it's like the simplest dis descriptor of it um like it's metal with hardcore elements mm -hmm. and like in the traditional sense of metalcore like before like the whole mid 2000s kind of boom that's kind of what it was it was just like kids wearing slayer shirts but also owning like integrity and converge records kind of thing so like that's what we go with but at the same time i mean i remember seeing when we put out wine ash gardens uh brooklyn vegan they they sort of were really complimentary and they sort of said like it's labeled as metalcore but there's a little bit more going on than just mm. what you think of metalcore as yeah so but for me, I mean, I'm not too hung up on genre descriptions. If someone wants to call us a metal band, that's totally fine by me. If they want to call us a hardcore band, I personally don't agree with the hardcore thing so much as the metal core thing as the mm -hmm. metal thing. But you know, I'm not mad if someone wants to call us that. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if someone's listening to your music and they like it, what do you care? Like, yeah, t totally. I mean, I'd rather just have a conversation about what they like and why they like it yeah. than like what box they put it in. And vocally, then, so I'll hold my hands up. Like metalcore, I'm, 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 I could take it or leave it. To be honest, yeah. like my exposure to uh, metalcore would be Killswitch Engage, Parkway Drive. Um, if you threw another couple of names, I'd probably agree. But like all that remains, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Um, like, I haven't really listened to them much. I probably heard a track here or there on like a Kerrang CD back in the day. I but... miss their samplers. Yeah, I know. Now you just yeah. get someone send you a Spotify playlist. Yeah. <laughs> but vocally, um, I, I really like your vocal style. And I don't know if you're taking this from something from the metalcore days. That's why I held my hands up and said, I don't know. But I really like the. You've got the graveliness of the vocals, but also you've got these higher higher tones to your voice. And usually in metal, unless you're a progressive metal band, um, I can take, you know, the higher lulls. But in metal, I'm like, mm, but I think you do it really well, the, the, the mix of the two. Is that something that you took from another metalcore band or is that just something you do? Um I mean, first off, thank you. That's like really, really nice um, of you to say. But um, I don't know if that was so much like a metalcore thing so much as just finding what was comfortable for me. Like, I've been playing in bands like on and off for about 14 years now. And with that, my voice has changed over the years, like as yeah. it will do, just to find what's comfortable and also what's within my own capabilities. But um, I mean, really, my three sort of main core inspirations was sort of more from like the hardcore kind of scene, um, like Deathwish Records kind of bands. Okay. So, I mean, I've got like the blacklisted flag in the background. I just what George does with his voice is just incredible. Um, and Dwid from like Integrity, um, it just sounds like a mad, like yappy dog basically <laughs> you know like that that was more sort of the scene that i i um took inspiration from but not trying to sound like them it's kind of always been about what works for me and mm -hmm. sounds good to my ear so and and do you you said like everyone gets older let's <laughs> it happens do you find as you're getting older pulling off live do you find the restrictions on it? Do you find it easier or harder? Like, um, I don't know about harder, but I think because, like, as you know, aging comes to us all and things get in the way, and like, you know, some beautiful things like family stuff pops up, mm -hmm. or I don't know, like someone that you're seeing demands a bit more time and all that stuff. So, band gets put put to the side. I think for me, the thing that I've struggled with getting older is like how intermittent things are now. So like we hadn't played shows together as a as a group in, in any band that we'd been in before for about three years. So when we did that uh, tour with Burner in August, I mean, it wasn't so much the demand that caught up with me. It was just like being out of practice. <laughs> so like by day four, I was just shagged, like absolutely shagged. But yeah. I mean, you know, I just taking care of yourself really. Uh, you know and making sure that you account for those things that you kind of have to account for as you get a bit older and you didn't have to worry about when you're like 15 yeah yeah like two-day hangovers yeah yeah or like just you know not getting battered on the second night of tour you know making sure that yeah. you're like in bed at a reasonable time yeah yeah <laughs> that tour was pretty big though wasn't it or, or lo it was quite long wasn't it from what i can remember um, it was actually pretty short and sweet. I think it was like, um, well, we had like a couple of extra dates around it. So it kind of looked okay. a little bit bigger than it was. But I mean, the, the tour with um, just us and Burner was four dates in the end. Okay. Um, but we'd had two extra dates at the start of August for the Church Road birthday bash. That's so, right. Yeah. So it was like one of those optical illusions that you put all the dates in the flyer and it looks way, way cooler than, you know, what it actually is. <laughs> And you hit, uh, you played Bournemouth as well, didn't you? The Anvil. We did, yes, yeah. How so, was that? I've not been there. I've never been um, there. Do you know what? That was not my favourite gig experience. Um, oh, go on. I, th I think they they changed hands with staff members or something along the lines with that, with like management. Right. And it just, it was a show that didn't really get properly like promoted and. Yeah, but do you know what? At the same time, like that's live music, and you know, if we're going to come to Bournemouth again and the Anvil hit us up, you know, you can catch anyone on an off day or an off period. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. 
Yeah, it, like I'm kind of old enough and ugly enough now to sort of take it take it for what it is. Yeah, it's this is one of my gripes that I don't know if you share, but obviously during COVID, we were all stuck in for whatever period of time. Everyone was saying, you know, it's an, an example is when download was like, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. And everyone was like gagging to get out and it was cancelled so many times. And everyone was like, I just want to get out and see a show. Now, bands put on like streams and stuff. Like I remember Enslaved put on a couple, uh, Behemoth did one, et cetera, et cetera. And then when everything opened back up, you were like, right, let's go. And I remember the first show back in Dublin was at a place called Whelan's. Now it's a small club, club show. And onto others played there, <clears throat> you know, who have just been on yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Behemoth and that. And <clears throat> all right, it was midweek, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. I would be surprised if there's more than like 60 people there. Like, yeah, it feels like it feels like that happened really quickly as well. Like, I think everyone had like stars in their eyes when shows were back. Yeah. And it felt like there was a period of like maybe two months where everyone was at everything. And then, I mean, I'm only talking from like the experience of London. So like mm. London's always going to, even a quiet night, it can be reasonably busy if if you're lucky. But yeah, like after like the two month mark over here, it sort of went back into a bit of a thing of like, oh, I'll catch them next time. And yeah, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. And um, it was a gripe I had, but I think that's just human nature. I think, especially with the amount of stuff that's like available to everyone now, I think we do take things for granted. And it it does suck though that we had two years indoors. People were growing like like depression beards, not even like stylish beards, like depression beards. <laughs> just fucking let it grow. Came out to it, finally had human contact again, and like you know, within two months, everyone went back to kind of how yeah. they were before. You know, and that that does suck. You know, I'm like I don't think I've really got a good defense for the people who did dip in and out again but you know so the new um new stuff in works on for the band candescent yeah we've got um we've got one song that we've been playing live which is like completely unreleased hasn't been recorded yet cool and then we've got another song that is as good as done um but then outside of that we've got like five five six seven like half ideas um so that the plan is to like get that all together and properly like chip away at it mm -hmm. so um i don't know i mean the thing that we're kind of toying with at the moment is whether we want to do an album or if we'd rather just treat it as just drop seven singles over a period of time so because, I mean, with this band, we're not going to be a band that tours, like, a ton. We're not yeah. going to be a band that, like, is going to break through in any way. So it's like, we're sort of strangely probably the best band, like, on the Church Road roster that can kind of just do what we want without yeah. having to worry about, like, the logistics of things. Because it's quite a low-pressure environment that if we wanted to do a couple of singles with no physicals attached to it, we could do that. Yeah. And yeah, in the same way, if we wanted to do like a more traditional album thing, I'm sure we could work something out with like Justine and Sammy to figure out the best way to do that. So do you think, and this is only because you were talking about albums and EPs or singles, do you think people these days when it comes to music prefer EPs or full lengths? I think when it comes to metal, I think, people do largely still enjoy albums mm -hmm. like as the preference, but I might be like living in a bit of a bubble there for that. But, you know, I, like I prefer albums as like my go-to choice. I prefer to listen to an album in full and a whole body of work. But um, I do think broadly speaking though, if you're a band that's quite busy and has constantly got tours lined up or festival appearances and all the rest of that, I mean, you look at a band like, I know Spirit Box is a good example. Mm -hmm. They always made a song and dance about video singles, always made a song and dance about like whatever string of dates they've got lined up with like another song. So, I mean, you can get creative with it. I don't think there's like one right yeah. way to do it for like everyone. I think it depends on what your band's like, what works for your band and what works for your fan base. 
Yeah, no, it was just, a, as you said, I thought, let's open the conversation up about it. <clears throat> it is a, it is one of those, some bands, I think you're right, it does work with EPs. Um, some bands go a bit too far with the albums and go like uh, uh, over an hour and nearly two hours. Yeah. But yeah, I think <clears throat> it also depends in, in your mood as well, like if you're looking for something, a quick hit. I think stuff like what Candescent are doing, like it suits an EP format better. It's just short, fast, like yeah. bursts of things, you know, keep it short and sweet, go for 20 minutes kind of thing. Um, but, you know, if you're like a, a doom band, like a conventional doom band, like no one wants to hear like a three song EP from you. It might as well be an album because it's like 45 minutes anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You might as yeah. well just record an album. So it, it it's just dependent on band, like you know. Although Huntsman released an EP last year, was it last year or this year? Uh, that was. It was last year, wasn't it? It was last year. Now I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was last year. I'm like losing track of like time. I know. Was, yeah. And it's only when you said Doom Band like released, and I was like, no, they did release an EP, yeah. but it was still a, a hefty, hefty one. Yeah. But I mean, with like Huntsman, I wouldn't call them like a conventional doom band. Like they've got all that Americana influence, okay, and, like, yeah. <laughs> kind of dark folk thing going on. So like it sort of lends itself to like a smaller release if they wanted to hone in on, which I think they did on the Dying Pines. They kind of honed in on more of the, like, the Americana. Kind that of was influence. the title of it, yeah. Whereas yeah. if it was like Black Sabbath, for instance, if Black Sabbath were like, oh, we're going to do like a three song like EP, it's sort of like, what's the point, man? You're Black Sabbath, yeah. you put an album. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So moving on then, because Huntsman are on Prostate Records and you work for Prostate Records yeah. and this this whole industry of music. So I have spoken to Lise Coverdale, who works for Whole Type, and Nathan Barley, who works for Nuclear Blast, around this whole industry and in and, and it's really interesting actually because i mean we just get sent albums from pr companies and go here's an album do you want to review it but there's so much more on the back end and prosthetic as a, a record label they've been around and the name has been there but they've really the last i think sort of four or five years they've really sort of grown now and like the people on the the bands on the label you know are big names but you've also got a load of up-and-coming artists coming up and we'll talk about them in a minute but my question to you will do you enjoy your job yeah i love it like um yeah uh, like yeah i say <laughs> i hate to be that kind of wanker but yeah no, I, I love uh i love working within prosthetic and i love working within independent label formats because i mean prior to working at independent labels i mean I'd been working on shoestring budgets and DIY projects for years anyway. It just, it was something that I was always going to be reasonably like open to, like there was always going to be a possibility that I'd do okay in this kind of field if I was just giving a bit of a chance. Yeah. And yeah, like I'm always happy to be working on this kind of thing, regardless of label or like, you know freelance thing i'm just happy to be working with bands on what is essentially their babies mm -hmm. so what's your what does your at what point do you get involved with the bands then pretty much like um so the way at prosthetic um we'll sign them uh and then the first point point of contact really is usually like uh steve and becky so steve's um steve joe he's the u.s label manager um and becky's the uk label manager and like i mean that's like the condensed short version yeah. of things um and then i'll sort of come in somewhere between like three months like two to three months before we launch everything mm -hmm. on pre-orders and announcements and that for me there is it depends on what i'm needed for if it's writing a bio or if it's just getting together social media assets and like press releases that's usually when i come in just to sort of say hello and then it escalates a little bit and what is the best part of your job um 
It must be meeting like all these cool bands, up and coming bands and stuff. I don't want to put you know what. You know what's like the sad, the saddest thing about my job though, right? Because like a lot of them are like US based. So like the uh like I I've had a chance to meet a fair few of them who come through like the UK. But like that's one thing I have missed about working at a UK label versus a US one is I don't get to see these or meet them as yeah. like instantly as like I would have done at previous jobs. But um I know I think my favorite thing is just like my favorite thing actually is writing bios. Like I love being given the opportunity to convey what the band are conveying in their music but in written form i yeah. like that's my favorite thing to do yeah so you do all the the, the bios that we'd get and uh, i don't do all of them like it's a bit of a mixture so right. like becky laverty um the uk label manager and yeah she's like head of press like essentially i'm i'm sort of like her assistant is the best right. way i could describe it it's like I think nature of independent things, your job role is a bit vague. <laughs> and um, yeah, so she'll write um, like a fair few in a year. I'll write a fair few. And then sometimes we'll outsource to other people. Like we've just um, had a couple of people from outside of the label team write bios for stuff that's going to be put out next year. So it's it's just who whoever can service that band in the best way possible that's who does it basically i mean the bands that are on the label that i'm just going to read out a few that um like and this doesn't go down to my, any of my album of the year list at all but um like this year alone without waves which was released yeah. early in the year which is batshit crazy. i think that's how me and you got chatting properly properly wasn't it Yes, it was because I think we you set up an interview with me to chat to them, and yeah. they, by the way, are some of the funniest guys. Like yeah. they're so nice, and I was even chatting to by email, like I think over getting the 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 vinyl sent over because it was like really expensive to get it by US post, and they said, "Oh, look, I'll just do it locally, send me the money," and it was like you know, sounds like for them to be doing that. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that was the first time we got started about talking, actually. Um, yeah, Without Waves, Thought Crime, which I don't know if you heard the interview with me and Malady. Um, I did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I said, like, Will sent this over, and like, usually when Will sends stuff over, I'm like, right, let's have a listen, this is going to be good. And it just, I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was just insane. My brain couldn't compute or keep up with what was going on. Yeah, I am... Um... I don't pick favorites just as a professional kind of thing, but like um, that thought crime record I thought was really special this year. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And so, like, same goes for Without Waves as well. Like, so, I mean, those two, like, are high up on my albums of the year list. Not yeah. saying where they're going to be placed, but they are. Um, and it's funny because Venny, who I do the podcast with, when we were reviewing the album, like I couldn't, it, it, I couldn't understand how we both like this when we come from the, the the musical background. But it's just so addictive. Like there's so much going on. Like one of definitely one of the bands of the year to find Dark Chrome. and also absolutely lovely people. Like, yeah, like awesome. I I really like. Um, funny enough, before I jumped on this call, I've got like an unread message from Melody about something. She sent me a link. So I'm assuming the band have been picked up on whatever online. Yeah. But like, yeah. um, no, all of them are really lovely. And like, uh, Kezia and Melody. Um, I think those two are probably the ones that I chat to the most, um, just on like the prosthetic discord. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, their, their taste in music is just like really wide reaching and incredible. And yeah. like, I th I think why they sort of resonate with people who are maybe a bit more traditionally like like have a metal diet and haven't really touched hyper pop or anything like that before. I think the reason it sort of resonates is just um, I think it's the intensity of the music, like less so the sound. It's more like the the approach to the sound that there is like a resonance there that kind of sings to metal like in its own way. 
but like when I listened to it, like when I was interviewing Melody and she said, Oh, well, I was listening to Berserker a lot, instantly I was like, Ah, oh, of course, like with the drum machines. And then, but there's also Critical Codependence, which I described to my mates as this could be a Eurovision Song Contest entry. Have you heard Have you heard the record from um, Diana Starshine, who features on that track? Uh, she's no. just done a thing called Digifay. No, uh, is it good? Oh, send me that after, will you? Yeah, I will do. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, that's, that's more sort of like the pop end of things, but like, it's incredible. There's like some really, really cool, like little earworms on that record. Yeah, yeah. And there's loads in this one as well. And the the, the guests they've got on there as well, like from Pupil Slicer and um, Aki from Dream, is it Dreamwell? Dreamwell. Dream, yeah. Dreamwell, yeah, yeah. Like so many good artists. She is unbelievable on that track, by the way. It's, yeah. it's scary. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end it's like uh, stepped on lego kind of uh screen, yeah and he says like and then there's like an outro like i'm gonna stab you with a knife and you're gonna love every second of it or something like that it's yeah. just like okay this this is actually scaring me a bit <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> the other ones as well this year god alone from cork yeah like you know in in ireland now i'm obviously not irish you can tell by my accent but i live here um you know we don't get a lot of uh, Irish bands that they, they play local shows, but to get them on like a label like Prosthetic is great. And you sent that Thought Crime and God Alone together with a lovely pitch, by the way. You, you know, you schmoozed me nicely <laughs> on it. But again, another great band who played Arc Tangent last year and were literally like, if you hadn't heard them before and didn't know they played Arc Tangent, you'd be like, they're gonna play Arc Tangent in the future. <laughs> I'm um I'm so gutted that I I turned down Arc Tangent this year. I had the offer to go, but I was just so tired because I just like was about to go on tour. Yeah, um, yeah. at the time, but like I really wanted to go to see specifically God Alone. Obviously, People Slicer as well, but like I've seen People Slicer countless times. Yeah, my my thing that I really wanted to do was go and properly meet God Alone and like say hello, but. Yeah, I'm uh, next time they're in London. It's it's on my it's on my to do list. Yeah, I mean, I was I was in Australia when they played their album release show in Dublin. Otherwise, I'd a hundred percent been there. Yeah, uh, another Irish band who I don't know if you've heard of called By Curious. Yeah, I have. Um, they were yeah. on Arc Tangent as well, weren't they? They were. I actually yeah. met them flying to Arc Tangent from Dublin in the <laughs> airport. They're on the same flight. Nice. Lovely guys. Um, yeah. They're like post post rock instrumental, but they're another good band. Um, I'm um I'm not super familiar with their sound, but I kind of um this might be, and I mean this like in a nice way, but I might be off base with this. Like they sort of look aesthetically, it's like a big scary monsters record kind of like looking type band, right? I don't, I don't. Oh, big scary monsters, man! That's like proper like um. I'm not. I'm not um. Getting it's involved like friend, in it's like friendly arc tangent music, basically. Is yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the drummer like wears a flat cap and ear yeah. defenders. Um, yeah, yeah, you you can call it that. Like, yeah, and as I was saying, like if they are listening to this at all, that's not a derog- derogatory. Oh thing. no, that's absolutely. Like, what that's my preconceived notion. Um, yeah, like... <laughs> but they're they're lovely guys as well. Um, oh. But then as well, like on, I just put a few um, album. Uh, sorry artists that are on the the bill on prosthetic but um like huntsman we discussed leached the machinist which came out this year which is a brilliant album um another one i can't pronounce tomorum oh tomorrow yeah <laughs> like that's I've probably i've probably pronounced that wrong as well i think all three of us uh prosthetic like pronounce it differently yeah. <laughs> uh undeath which has been I mean, I'm not a huge death metal fan. I like my sort of technical death metal, but I've not seen an album in the death metal world make waves like that as this yeah. year. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been. And I'm not one to like go into hyperbole, but I do feel like with death metal, it has been undeath's year. Like absolutely, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's like other great stuff, like that vomit fourth record that came out this year was incredible as well. Um, I think that might have been Century Media. But like, yeah. But bias aside, I think like Undeath have just been incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, to- absolutely. And like I said, I, I, I'm not 
the album. Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> um, the album, like I said, Death Note, I could, it's it's fine. Like I can appreciate it. It, I wouldn't go back to it often, but I, big death metal fans have been absolutely throwing themselves over it. And it's like, it feels like the Cannibal Corpse sort of stir. Oh, Do you know totally. what I mean? Yeah. And the fact they're coming over to the UK now and everyone is yeah. just jumping on it. I'm um, so looking forward to meeting them for the first time on the UK thing. Oh, you'll be there with them, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I was going to, um, I was probably around about this week really i was going to go over to america to watch them and phobophilic like oh, label mates Jesus. um but yeah this time of year man i just i've not been burnt out that's too strong a term but like i think as i was saying to you in the old dms like, yeah, I was like yeah. i'm just knacking at this point i'm like looking forward to a couple of days without setting an alarm clock yeah so. <laughs> absolutely i need that totally yeah. yeah um then you've got venom prism werewolves and psychoptic which we oh, venom prison aren't aren't with us anymore i think a couple of people have said this they're oh, really? on Century, yeah they're on century media now yeah i love that record though i thought eros was fantastic yeah. but... sorry was it not recent why is it still there then <laughs> no I, I i don't know uh, but <laughs> yeah like um no that they um they I only worked with them like super briefly. They uh, did a compilation thing of their first demo, first EP, and then two new tracks. And like I worked with them for like literally the grand total of like a month, and then they went over and got the uh, got the gig at Century Media. But I'm giving them kudos on your label. No, I mean, don't worry. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the only reason I put it up is like, I don't want us to take credit for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But like, I, I love that record though. I thought like really cool. And I've loved that band long before working at Prosthetic anyway. So yeah, their their first album again was like making massive waves at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Dude, any album that's got a cover of a guy being force fed his dick, that's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, that's worth anyone's time, man. That's hard as fuck. <laughs> like... For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, and then the final band, that is Psychoptic, who are coming to Dublin on a hell of a yeah. Um, bill. Yeah, it's like, that's... It's Benighted... Archspire. And Archspire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah unbelievable so that'd be a good one to have yeah yeah they're um they're lovely like all of those dudes like on the emails and stuff and like uh i don't know if i ever showed have you listened to jason's other band domination campaign yes i don't know if you sent it on to me or not it m- might have done it was quite early on when i started working at prosthetic at the time but oh, like you definitely told me about them but yeah I, I always love working with jason he's just like really really cool and easy to get along with and just yeah it's just the time zones you know you send an email at two o'clock in the afternoon over here and it's just what time is that in australia you know yeah yeah (laughs) i know you mean yeah um so yeah i mean that's a phenomenal like roster you're working with um the other thing that i wanted to talk about is twitter yes because (laughs) we so in in okay let me start again twitter or social media can be an absolutely magnificent tool for the likes of startup diy bands connecting with their fans um i mean the the bigger ones like metallica and maiden don't need it really it's just sort of like a nice to have but there is this horrible side of twitter that no matter like you could say get a bit much (laughs) it can and like what's your thought like you you obviously use it for for work and you use it for um promoting the band and you use it for a lot of winona rider uh gifts which in case anyone doesn't know will loves that woman but you do use it a lot (laughs) uh you do use it a lot and what what's your thoughts on social media coming from a First of all, let's start from a professional perspective. So the music industry. Music industry, I think it's like a really positive thing. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have. Um, I'd have got to know you. I would have got to know you pretty well 
in a professional capacity via emails without Twitter, that would have been fine. But yeah. then, you know, like it's just the more it's making it a little bit more informal and it's just reminding like yourself that you can have an interaction with people such as you and people who run the other podcasts, such as the yeah. bangers and mosh dudes, for instance. Yeah. You can interact with them quite freely and openly and it not be about work or like no one has to feel like I'm pitching to them. Like yeah, it's yeah. just a chat. And then getting to converse with people like Lisa, who I really look up to as a publicist. I think she's incredible at what she does. Oh, and... I'm going to have to edit that out now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> shout out to Jim as well, obviously, and the rest of the whole tight team. I think they're yeah. really lovely people. But and I think on a professional level, it can be great. I think the downside of using it on a professional thing, if I'm talking about using like the label Twitter, or like I'm talking about seeing like friends who run their own kind of businesses i think the downside is unfortunately people forget that it's a human being behind the screen sometimes so you know oh sorry these vinyl lps they're going to be shipping later because there's been a pressing part problem fuck you and your mother you know it's like the first response it's like yo dude like it's like eight in the morning over here i'm just trying to tell you i'm just doing my job man <laughs> you know it can quite quickly it's like so just true <laughs> And like, yeah, you know, and it has descended into that sometimes for me in the past. And it's like, I mean, I'm, I've got a pretty tough skin. So like when people are not going to play nicely on those things, I kind of just choose not to engage. Like I've got the power to do that and not engage. But mm. like, I do feel bad for other people in professional capacities that maybe don't find that so easy. Um, or, or like even get like, malice that's a little bit like well way harsher than like what i just get behind the screen of running a record label like behind the scenes you know yeah you're do you know what i've discovered this time we've been chatting where was you're very much an optimist person you and always trying to find the good out of a situation which is something quite rare because like especially on twitter as well like but no, it's a real a nice trait you have that you do try and find the, the positives out of situations. It's it's like a learned thing, I think. I like my nature so you used to be like this. Yeah, I think like my, my nature is probably a bit more like um more of a realist, but then yeah, realism can quite quickly slip into pessimism if you're not careful. So like I mean in the last sort of 10 years or so, I would say it's something that I've really like made a concerted effort to just sort of go like, rather than be reactive to things, just take a step back sometimes and like, just acknowledge that someone's probably just having a bad day and you've got caught in the crosshairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Which yeah. I think is some sound advice to people on Twitter is like, you don't have to respond straight away like and and to be honest i learned this very quickly in my job as well like i don't say what we do but um my job you know people will send a shitty email to you and your instinct is to just get straight on them rather than and now it's just like put it down walk away for 10 minutes take a breath or we leave it overnight and i think the problem with twitter is it's so at your fingertips and reactive that like you said, people forget there's someone, you know, Will Collins, you know, just, you know, you're having a friend a bit of banter and all of a sudden someone's got, oh, you're a fucking twat or whatever. And it's like, what, why was that? Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, if you, like, boil it down to what it would look like in real life, you know, oh in my terms God. Of Twitter is a thing. I mean, imagine just, like, having a cigarette with your friend outside of the smoking section and just saying, like, oh, do you know what, man? I didn't actually really vibe with that last album from my like, Joe Bloggs band. I would then be like someone running and punching you in the nuts yeah. and being like, you're a dick. <laughs> what is so uncalled for? Like, what? <laughs> like, what's that about? Like, that, is, that is so true. And that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? Like, I yeah, think you... Sometimes it's fine just to walk past that conversation and be like, oh, what an idiot. But you don't have to say it to them. Just think they're an idiot and walk on. It's fine. Exactly. Like, yeah and and this is to your point about the album the year list or or sorry sorry i'll take it let's go higher is it's not even album the year list it could be oh i really like pizza and someone goes no you don't that's the worst food ever and you're like but 
what like yeah i was talking about my favorite food exactly about like just calm down like, yeah <laughs> and i mean it got to the point i'll be honest like in the summer i was on the verge of like burnout like you said because i was you know doing my day job I was doing this i was doing twitch and i was managing like like i do or i used to manage the social media for us as well i say yeah. manage <laughs> manage is ridiculous but i used to run it and it got to a point where i was like do you know what i i can't look at this thing anymore because it was so abhorrent yeah dude like i am um, on weekends like when i'm because i i run pretty much all of the prosthetic social media side of things like in terms of the day-to-day goings on yeah of things on it and like to be honest by the time it hits a weekend i very rarely like um engage with any kind of discourse or music kind of thing on social media if i'm on it it's usually to send like a couple of my best mates like animal videos or like i might read an article somewhere from like favorite journalists who aren't music journalists they're just journalists in general yeah because it's just it's too much sometimes man like and like i do think what works for me but like my advice to anyone who is struggling on social media like just overuse of it is just like easier said than done but if you're not running any one social media account just you don't have to be on it just like take yeah. a step back doesn't mean you have to delete your account and make like a whole post telling everyone you're leaving <laughs> like the town square but like sometimes it's just fine just like have a swift irish exit and come back when you're ready it's it's okay like love it like <laughs> yeah but i mean like i've been through like without getting too heavy on it but like i've been like in therapy for like 10 years and i finished late last year kind of like this time last year and like a lot of that stuff for me like, has really helped with this kind of aspect of the job and also just this aspect of being human and being connected to everything all the time like you know it's it's a process that i don't think people can come to naturally without like having a bit of a guiding hand sometimes for mm. sure like and i think the other the point the very good point you made earlier was if you see something and you don't agree with it just move on yeah like, like i mean it's like you said it's like inciting hate at times you yeah. know and and th- things can snowball so quickly uh, you know you've seen it on like just someone will post something like uh, i don't know even just like a gif or a comedy thing and it just snowballs into where people are actually you know threatening people with stuff like yeah it's shitty i mean like i remember um it was sort of like late last year like i don't know twitter got kind of particularly toxic this time last year yeah like, from what i can remember yeah. and like i just saw so many people like literally like verbally assaulting each other over like under the year picks at certain points <laughs> and like that's not even just like i'm not even talking about the metal scene here i'm just talking generally speaking yeah. like all areas of that like stan twitter can be really horrible like mm-hmm. you know um and like I just remember thinking to myself, I was just sort of like, just where, where does that kind of animosity come from? I mean, I just don't get it. And like for me, I just choose not to engage with it. It's just like not my thing. And like in the same breath as well, like if you are going to engage with it, like engage with it from a place of like having a conversation. Yeah. Obviously, if someone is saying something awful that is racist or like just like any form of phobia behind it, yeah, yes, put your foot down and say like, "Don't be a dunderhead," like, and swiftly hit the block button and just yeah. make sure your mate's okay or whoever's been targeted is okay. But for the most part, shit like you know, what's your favorite film? Then turning into like a three-page thread arguing against people, it's just that's just that's not what it's for that's like the base like the worst base instincts of people you don't have to do that and it's like if you're over 15 and you're doing that still it's a bit embarrassing mate like, <laughs> like i mean yeah look we can go on this about this for ages so let's let's bring this yeah up, bring this back up shall we you mind uh, if i smoke by the way yeah fill your boots yeah um yeah let's finish let's finish up with a positive note and I put something on uh, the Heavy Matters Twitter feed earlier, top five albums. And and to be honest, right, yeah. going back to what we were just saying, 
It was completely amicable, Touchwood. I haven't seen in the last hour or two whether it's gone massively um, kicking off, but it was actually fairly amicable. Um, everyone was just, yeah, here we go. So your your top album of the year, Will, what is your You don't have to, obviously, but... No, Will, I think it's, I've been pretty public about it. I, I would say Brutus's Unison Life, I thought was incredible. A very close second was by a band on 20 Bucks Spin uh, called Black Magnet. And they put out an album called Body Prophecy. And I those two were like my two favourites. Yeah. The Brutus one. I, I never listened to Brutus before. And we we reviewed it a couple of weeks ago. And I really didn't know what to expect because Venny's very much the post-rock, post-metal side of it. So if he suggests an album, I'm usually like, okay, this could be hit or miss absolutely stunning album yeah i uh like i love that band i i don't know how i got into them they're one of those bands that somehow they just ended up in my library and that was on the album prior to this one called nest yeah and yeah nest ended up in like my i itunes library somewhere along the line oh apple music sorry kind of showing my age just a little bit there but like <laughs> yeah uh like in my apple music library and yeah, I've just been a massive fan of them ever since. I think there's, it's kind of like alt rock, but it's also like kind of got that cool post hardcore, but also cool post metal thing going along as well. So it's like, yeah, I I just think they're fantastic. I like I am like really rubbish at explaining why I like bands. For me, it's like a very primal thing. If I like it yeah. and it resonates, it just does. And uh, yeah, I just think this new album though, like. I was sure my favorite album of the year was going to be that Black Magnet one, and Brutus came out, and I literally had one list, and I went like, "I'm not usually like this, but I just went, yeah, that's that is the album of the year. Like, there's there's no point. Everyone go home. <laughs> Isn't it so good, like music in that way? And that's yeah. that's the beauty. So, well, certainly, people outside the metal scene will not understand metal music, and that's you know very abundantly clear, but. I think across all spectrum of music that it can have such an impact on you to just listen to an album once and be like, I love this. Yeah. And like, I mean, I um like the label they're on. It's sort of like a management company slash sort of like a label, but Sergeant House. Yeah. I, for, for me, they're one of like a couple of labels that for me, it's, it is a seal of approval that even if like, I don't like, a record that i've interacted with from them i'm still gonna be at least intrigued like even at the end of the album i might be like yeah. oh I, I don't really get it but like that was kind of interesting for what it was are there like one of like maybe like three four labels that like have that appeal for me i know exactly what you mean pelagic records has that appeal for yeah. me yeah that. like uh flenzer is like another one for me as well like a really cool uh the flenzer right so they've done like a a bunch of stuff like uh planning for burial, have a nice life. Um they also All did... upbeat stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And uh midwife as well. I like they're a label. Like, I don't like all of the stuff on the Fenza, yeah. but like it's it intrigues me enough that I will always check it out at least. And like the very least check it out and like not try to like it, but at least try and sit with it. Kind of thing. Like yeah, if I don't like it, I don't like it. That's kind of what it yeah. is. <laughs> that's, and that's absolutely fine. Going back yeah. to our original point. Yeah. You don't like something, just move on. Yeah, totally. And you you also put the, there was a new Thou album. Yeah, so uh, Thou and... Sneak under the radar in terms of promotion, or am I just not looking in the right place? No, it was like a really sneaky record, right? Okay, so it like... was. So I was at um, Roadburn Festival, which uh, like Becky, who does like who is in charge of all press and does the UK side of things for prosthetic, she helps run that festival. Oh, that's that Becky. So okay. yeah, like th that that's that Becky. Yeah, that's Becky right. Babbity, and um, who is the loveliest human being along? Like I'm putting her in the same tier as Sammy and Justine at Church Road, definitely. As um, um, what did you say? The golden retriever, the golden the retriever, yeah, yeah. people, okay. yeah. And uh, I don't know, is, is Becky a golden retriever? I'm just thinking, like, what dog Becky would be. <laughs> I think she's like a really smiley samoid, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, 
but yeah so like they they played this set with um like an artist called mismore and they performed the album like in full as like a headline set i think on the second day and like it was something that hadn't been released yet and i was finally getting the train home uh when i got to woking at the end of it all we drove back got oh. there and like out of nowhere it was like oh yeah like that's been released today it's up on decibel now in full so it was like a really sneaky release it just like played it at roadburn it's out now enjoy and that was on gilead media i think who were like another label that are like stamp of approval for me i would say okay. yeah because they did what was it with emma ruth rundle they did was it them yeah and yeah emma and ruth that rundle was unbelievable was... yeah okay. i I love Emma Ruth Rundle to bits. I think she's like an incredible musician. Like I've, I'm still yet to like meet her, but like from a fan standpoint, it's one of those ones that I don't know if I'd ever want to meet her. Cause I'd be like, hi, hi, Will, I'm Emma. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like... Yeah, it's so fun because I think she played our tangent last year, didn't she? she yes. She yeah. did an acoustic set and it's so funny. Well, it's not funny. This is this proves our point quite well, actually. Is that that tent was absolutely you couldn't even get to the tent to see him as Rundle. Like it was packed. I was told it was like rammed. Yeah, like properly rammed. And I stood like sort of on the side looking in, and it did nothing for me. And I I couldn't understand why it was so packed. But I didn't go chucking bottles at people, did I? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. uh, like it does something to some people it doesn't for others i think um because like that's like her this her, this is on her newest like album cycle which is edge of hell that's definitely a lot more subdued right but i think like knowing you i think you'd probably have a lot of time for the album before which is marked for death uh not marked for death on dark horses yeah but i also have a suspicion that you'd actually probably prefer the band that she was in prior to going so local marriages yeah yeah like i yeah if you if you if you're unsure or you're not a fan of like that singer songwriter side of things with the stripped down guitar and just vocals yeah. and piano i do think she's one of those artists that you kind of have like a bit of a sound for each kind of like guitar based music fan right yeah that's it sure. maybe i've just not been looking the right places and so yeah. that's great you'll have to um Point me in the direction of some stuff like that. I'm going to say the hate tweet out at you after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adding Emma Ruth Rundle and saying, hey, yeah. you? and me just being like, what happened? <laughs> Sorry, Soz. Um, and am, am I right in assuming that you're... The, I don't want to put you in a position where this becomes awkward, but Thought Crime on Prosthetic, your album of the year on Prosthetic, so I so I don't include any uh, prosthetic bands in my hours of the year, just okay. just because like it's uh, like I'm human. I do have favourites, like I definitely yeah. do. But like on a public like kind of sphere, is something I don't typically talk talk about too much. But that's fair. It's not, yeah. it's not even just to say feelings. It's just a thing of like I just don't think that's like fair. It would be like if Justine and Sammy were like, oh, our favourite EP this year was someone other than Candescent. I'd be yeah. cool with it, but I'd still yeah. be like, oh man, that's kind of brutal. <laughs> like... Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I think, well, I'm not going to say anything because I've, we haven't done our end of year list yet. So I'll, I'll leave that out. But there's certainly a few from Prosthetic who are on my album of the year list. Let's say. Oh, awesome. Let's keep what it like. What I will say, though, is that like, Prost, uh, like Thought Crimes album was like one of the most fun campaigns that I did this year. Like it was definitely like they're just all super easy to work with girls and like uh their reference points and their frame of reference for what they were like writing with it it was both really informative because some of it I had no fucking clue about whatsoever. Yeah. And it was like a learning curve. But then other bits that they're referencing for like the heavier stuff was things that I could remember the first time round of it being popular. So like it was it was just a fun it was a fun record to work and like i'm excited to hopefully keep that campaign going like when and where i can as time moves on yeah so. well you're doing a great job of um promoting these bands well like oh, I, thank you you know prosthetic but i deal with you 
first and foremost. So just keep sending us the, the good stuff, yeah? Yeah, and, sure. uh, you're one of my favorite people to email. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. You're making me I've blush. I've usually got like my Hunter S. Thompson sunglasses on, cigarette <laughs> hanging out my mouth, and I'm just like, Joey, listen to this. <laughs> and I usually just go, okay. <laughs> there has been some wicked stuff. Don't stop sending me stuff. And look, I mean, professionally, can't wait to work together, hopefully for many years. And yeah. personally, I think this first date went okay. Like, I'm, I think... Yeah. You might get a peck on the cheek as I leave you at the door, but right. I think we won't go any further than that. But hopefully... I'm a gentleman at heart. I don't have <laughs> a peck on the cheek and I'll just walk you home and we'll hopefully arrange a second date. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I hopefully... I mean, look, I'm sure next year with... with and we're fully back now into gigs and festivals and stuff. I'm sure we're, our paths will cross at some point, be it yeah. in the UK, at festival, UK gig somewhere in ireland or abroad thing is, i've been wanting to do ireland for like like a hot minute now because i've got family in baddy castle and like i wanted to do like a thing where i went to both parts of ireland respectively mm-hmm. so like if uh that's like on my plan for next year when that happens we'll mate you've got a, i'll make the spare bed up for you you've got a place here yes <laughs> well thanks so much mate and listen we, this won't be the last time we'll speak i guarantee you that and uh listen merry christmas Happy New Indeed. Year, and uh, I'll speak to you probably tomorrow. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers, bud. <laughs>